This week on TSR, bye-bye Benioff and Weiss. We're gearing up for the rise of Skywalker. Baby Yoda is the cutest Star Wars. And McClunky! All that and more on this episode of TSR. Welcome back to TSR episode 212. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Brian. How's it going? It's going. Going? Just going? It's it's going. <laughs> I don't know what else can be said at this time. Okay. Well, listeners, um, we're going to just say it right up here in the ba- at the top. This is going to be our last episode of TSR or Mouse Droid before we go on baby hiatus. Some of you may be saying, but you've been on hiatus all year. Well... <laughs> Sorry. We've been on pregnancy hiatus, not baby hiatus. Yeah. Um, it's it's been an exciting but a difficult year. Busy. Busy. There's been a lot of stuff we've had to do to get ready for this. Um there's been a lot of stress we've been dealing with uh to get to this point. And it's necessitated that we didn't podcast this year as much as we have in the past, which it's mostly my fault because I'm tired. No, it's not your fault. <laughs> Stop it. It's the baby's fault. <laughs> <laughs> We're blaming the baby, and they're not even here yet. No. Um, the good news is um, the baby's almost here. The baby's almost here, <laughs> and we'll have some help, and we'll be able to record more frequently. In 2020 and beyond. I mean, even if we don't have any help, I'm just going to bring the baby in here and podcast and the baby cries. Oh, well, it <laughs> adds to the show. Uh, come for the, uh, come for Mar the dog, stay for the baby. Right? <laughs> Babies are all all in vogue in Star Wars right now. Exactly. Maz comes in here and interrupts us all the time, so why not a baby? Yeah. So this is going to be our last episode. Well, last episode with a caveat. We will probably make time to record something about the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> we will also have guests with us, so we're not doing all of the heavy lifting ourselves. Yes, so we will probably be like, here, can one of you watch a baby for an hour so we can record a podcast about <laughs> episode nine? So we will make time to do that and then probably return after the holidays. Yeah, and I'm still going to be doing another episode of uh, Brew, ca- uh, Brew House next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Conchicast. Uh, we're taking next month off of Conchicast oh, well. uh, because everyone figured holidays. Yeah. Eh, skip. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, we recorded an episode recently on San Marana and Inferno Squad. Go find that and listen to it. It was very fun. Yes. But, yep, last episode for a while. It'll be for a lot us. easier for you to do your podcast. Not the podcast we do together. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really the trick, is the podcasts require both of us to sit down and record at the same time. That's yep. a little tricky. Yep. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yep. Fine. Just fine. Yep. So yeah, we'll catch you in 2020. Um, Except with, for the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. We'll do a special for Rise of Skywalker in which we'll have some guests on and we'll be back with you in 2020. Hopefully with more regular recording schedules. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have been up to stuff, though. We have. I've been playing uh, some video games, uh, The Outer Worlds, um, which I'm almost all the way through. I've been enjoying that an awful lot. And Jedi Fallen Order, which is more of a mixed bag for me. I was surprised you even bought it. To be I had honest. an Amazon. Cra- I had something left on an Amazon gift card and said, eh, "Why not?" Okay, yeah, because you weren't really I, excited about it. If I didn't have that gift card, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Mm. Um, it's fun. Uh, it's unpolished in ways that are kind of cringy. Like if you look at Sarah's and um, Cal's models next to each other. I can only conclude one of two things happened. One, they ran out of time to polish Sarah's model. Uh Two, they don't have any black animators on staff, Mm. which... I mean, it definitely looks like even just not the other models in the game, it looks like they definitely spent more time on Cal than everyone else, Mm -hmm. which is jarring in and of itself. But then when you 
Like, I, I'm assuming just from watching you play that he has his, like, crew that he's with most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, having them not having the same polish is really jarring because they're with him a lot. Well, the problem is the alien in the crew has more polish than the black woman in the crew, which... Well, not yeah. great. We all know why that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, otherwise, it's a it's a perfectly fun game. Yeah. Um, I don't fun. think like I don't think it's anything groundbreaking as far as just a game in a vacuum goes. Mm-hmm. It's one of the it's it's a it's a solid Star Wars game. Yeah, I mean, it seems fine from what I've watched, but like. And That's kind of the problem, though. Yeah. Everyone I talked to, was, everyone I talked to has played. It's like it's fun, but fine. And like the little connections that they have are that I've seen so far are interesting. Like I didn't realize Saw was in the game, and then um, I guess one of his missions is to get Tarful. Hmm. Um. So that's cool, but like, it's. <laughs> it's a game that takes place after the Jedi Purge and it stars a Jedi. <laughs> and I, I'm so done with those stories. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got the same it's got the same problem Rebels had. Yeah. It's like Like what do you do? Where do you where do, where do these characters go? There's not many places they can go. Right. And um I haven't like looked up spoilers. I I'm assuming the game doesn't like have a fate for Cal like I I have no idea. I've so, not looked like, anything up. Like if if the game just ends and he's still you know kicking around, then of course the question is raised: Well, what what happened to him afterwards? And it's it's just so morbid because you're always like assuming that everyone dies because that's what makes sense in the larger story, and then people get mad at you because you're advocating characters die, and you're like, well, I'm not advocating that characters die it's but just you use a character like this and you're writing yourself into kind of a corner yeah because they're all like oh we've got another jedi around like so i mean unless you're gonna go way back in time mm-hmm. or way forward in time yeah. i don't know how you can keep using jedi in yeah. these games I, or yeah. books or comics mm-hmm. or so on and so forth yeah um, which means, hey, maybe it's time to reboot the X-Wing games. <laughs> I Maybe. I'd be down for that. <laughs> I, really? Would you? That's shocking. I know. Shocking, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've been up to some other stuff, though. You've been up to some other stuff. Uh, yes, I've been working on NaNoWriMo. Another reason we haven't been podcasting as much this month, because NaNo. <laughs> uh, And apparently every TV show has decided that I watch has decided to come back. Oh my god, every single one of them. And I don't watch a lot of TV. So uh we we uh The Crown came out last weekend and I like totally forgot. And I'm like, oh crap, the crown's back. So I wa I've watched three episodes of that so far. Um it's a new cast. Um kind of it jumps forward in time a little bit and Olivia Coleman is now playing the queen. Uh, I miss Claire Foy, but Olivia Coleman is very, very good. And uh, I am enjoying the show as usual. And then um, both of you, both of us watched She-Ra season four. Oh my God, it was so good. Which came out like the fifth. Uh, uh, this season was so good. It was very good. It was frustrating because but- it was a kind of like, you know, the characters are in different places and they're sort of growing apart and that's very frustrating to watch but frustrating in that way it's supposed to yeah, be yeah like you love though. like you like the character and you're like stop arguing you're the good guys <laughs> um i really liked the new uh villain double trouble um which hey they used uh they them pronouns and no one had a problem with it on a kid's show. Imagine that. Folks, if a children's show can use singular they without the world exploding, so can you. Yes. Uh it was fine. No one blinked an eye and yeah, whatever. <laughs> um and- I, it it's really remarkable how Noel Stevenson and company have just gotten us to care about this throwaway cartoon from the 80s hey based on hey 
Some of us had the Crystal Castle when they were children. Well, <laughs> cartoon cartoon from the Transformers vein that was designed to sell toys. Yes. Um, and gave it just this rich universe of lore and these great characters. And um, I, I, I'll say that at the end of season four, it pulled a Scalzi interdependency trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see where it goes from there. Yeah, I'm really excited. Like the, the whole world has been blown open. And mm-hmm. It'll be very. I'm really interested to see if they ever bring in like he-man and that sort of lore (laughs) i know she said in the past that she doesn't think she's going to but Mm -hmm. it where it is now the options definitely i mean i can see them doing it now especially because of what happened at the end of last season but also because the show's been established and like adora slash shira is established as her own character that you know bringing in he-man wouldn't necessarily just completely overshadow her it'd be kind of a weird inverse of how it ran in the 80s where (laughs) she-ra was in always in the shadow of he-man yeah yeah i don't know interesting yeah really enjoyed it highly recommend the series yes and then also apparently and then also this week the dragon prince season three dropped which we have not watched yet because we haven't had time uh (laughs) but we will uh so yeah like every show just decided to come out this this month and then also next month is the expanse season four starts which i was going to try to watch the three seasons over again that ain't happening and i haven't had time because every other show has decided to come out yeah that that's not happening (laughs) oh and i forgot to add another thing that we did that which we just did yesterday we went to see frozen 2 your thoughts i liked it i did not like it as much as the first movie I feel like the first movie was one of those phenomenons that's really hard to top, um, especially the songs, or rather, the song. <laughs> um, we were talking about this yesterday, but it feels like every era of Disney animation gets like one of those songs per yeah. era, and that yeah. was it. Well, I don't know, because this era, you've got How Far I'll Go from true, Moana, true. which is another you but know, you anthem. Don't, you don't get many right. per era. So, but... um. It was it was it was good. Um, I liked you know seeing the characters again, and it was a it was a very different kind of movie. I liked sort of the subversions they did with um, using the I can't remember what the name of the the other people were North 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 something. <laughs> I can't remember what the name was, um, but they were obviously stand-ins for like native peoples and apparently disney had taken some uh criticisms for the first frozen um for sort of not including that perspective in their like alternate norway uh and i did read that they consulted like native peoples while they were making this movie and like included them in the the creating the story oh that's cool yeah so um but i think generally it fell under a sequel trap for me where like i could tell they i could tell it was very much like this movie made a ton of money so let's make a sequel (laughs) so we're going to create a story that out of the first one where i didn't feel it was as like i didn't leave the movie the first movie thinking, oh, I won. This is an obvious story to go forward from here. But I mean, other than that, I it, it was good. It was cute. You know, the kids in the theater seemed to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it. A, I liked it a good amount. But I will say the highlight for me was Christoph's <laughs> '80s power ballad. Yes, <laughs> he didn't sing a lot in the first movie, um, and I they corrected that by giving him a like a song that was basically the music video of an 80s power ballad and it was great i i had no (laughs) idea a lot of people were like disappointed that he didn't sing a lot in the first movie because he was um he was in hamilton and they were like why would it why didn't he sing more (laughs) and then in the sequel oh yeah watch this yes (laughs) yep Ah, uh, good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Something else we've been watching is the um, Imagineering story, uh, the Disney Imagineering documentary on Disney Plus, and I am really, really enjoying it because it's not just this sanitized 
whitewashed history of Imagineering. It is a it's a pretty frank uh, and honest history of uh, Disney's of uh, wet entertainment and Disney Imagineering. Yeah, you started watching it before me, and then we went back and caught up and it's really it's really interesting i love all the behind the scenes footage all the all the archival footage that you don't usually see and uh i thought it was like like you said it's it's really kind of refreshing to see that on a disney platform they're being very honest and open i mean but they someone got- someone pointed out that you know the, the the events that they're talking about are are very far in the past so like hindsight is easier because you know the distance is there um that's, you know that's what happens tr- when they're closer <laughs> that's true but they still get michael eisner to come on and talk about his failures with euro disney yeah, yeah. like uh, just frankly laying out where euro disney failed under his mm-hmm. leadership yeah it's uh it's really good and uh something i really loved the first two episodes in particular spent a lot of time talking about the women who were part of Imagineering from the very beginning. Yeah, like I didn't realize Mary Blair was part of Engineering. Like I kn- I knew who- I know who Mary Blair is and obviously her artwork Disney artwork is iconic, but I didn't realize she was part of that department. I I I I don't know what where I thought she fell in, but I didn't realize she was like part of engineering. Yeah. yeah. Imagineering. So that was cool. uh highly recommended. Um it is it's one of the marquee features of Disney Plus for good reason. Um yes. definitely go check it out. Yeah. Uh so let's jump into the news and we're kind of combining Mouse Droid and TSR in the news this month because yeah. we don't have another t- we don't have another chance to record another <laughs> show. Yeah. So you're getting a mashup. Congratulations, everyone. <laughs> uh, Star Tours is being updated for the rise of Skywalker, uh, featuring the ocean moon of Kefbir, um, which uh, is where the Death Star's remains, Death Star's remains are. Yes. Confirmed that's a Death Star 2. Um, I don't think they've confirmed it, but I think the context clues in the trailer lead you to believe that it is definitely that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming this is a moon of Endor or a moon in that system. Yeah. Um, I was really glad to see that Star Tours was being updated. It was one of those obviously type things, but then, you know, all of the focus is on Galaxy's Edge. So it was nice to see they haven't forgotten star tours mm-hmm. <laughs> um i'm wondering who the uh character appearances are gonna be in this one <laughs> i wonder if they're finally getting ray yeah in this one because they had um they've had finn they they've had, had finn po. In the f- they had finn for jakku they had poe and hux in the crate module so i feel like ray would be a good ray maybe kylo but i don't know if i can see i have Triper doing a star tours thing <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I do wonder if they just get Oscar again since he was so game for it. <laughs> I mean, so is John. True, true. <laughs> Star Tours, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, and I think there's going to be another module, but they haven't said what it is. Oh, yet. really? Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So but definitely Kef beer. So yeah. Kef beer. Yeah, and that will be coming that on. That is such a Star Wars name. It is. And that is dropping on the 20th, which is interesting because the other two. So it's out. No. Oh, December 20th. December 20th. That's right. Like yeah. the other two Came showed up like a month early. in advance. Yeah, that's why it, it was. We, we went to see. I don't. I think they like had soft openings. Um, yeah, we showed up on the uh, soft open day for. Was it Jakku or. I think so. Okay. I don't I don't remember, but they but both of them came out early. Yeah. And this one is not, so Interesting. Spoilers. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, Interesting. And as we mentioned, uh Disney Plus is now out. Uh came out November twelfth, I believe, was the day that had a, had a little bit everything of a, dropped. Had a little bit of a rough start, but <laughs> any kind of a platform launch that size yeah, is going I to I don't know why people were surprised about that. I mean I'm not I'm not defending Disney, obviously. Well, I mean, they should have known better. But also, there's like two big things that are going on here. Like you're, you haven't load, you've load tested your tech, but you can't load test for no. that day one 
launch no. when the traffic is going to be as high as it ever is yeah. with everyone logging in at the same yeah, time. Yeah, because everyone's logging in and then people who haven't created accounts are, are trying, trying to create, to create accounts. accounts. So, yeah, it it was obvious that it was going to be a problem, but yeah. I don't think they they haven't had many problems since. I know some people have been like locked out of their accounts, which is weird. But um, well, I've had that problem with Netflix. Really, like, I, getting locked out of an account happens, yeah. unfortunately. I think most of the problems that I've seen people have with it is that they um they don't keep your like place where you are in a show like when net when you watch something on netflix like it'll say continue watching and it'll bring you right to the next episode yeah. of the show they don't really do that there's, there's some there's some user experience stuff that we've come to take for granted yeah. from places like netflix and hulu that aren't quite on disney plus and yet. they don't ha- and I'll, so i've heard some of the animated shows are not in order which is frustrating. Yeah, it looks like some of the metadata is out of order. Um, I know that. Uh, I know that that's getting corrected. Yeah, I'm. I'm hope. I mean, it's that's stuff that's frustrating. But I'm also hopeful that they will f- hear the yeah. complaints and it's easy to fix. I mean, my biggest gripe is that they've um, they've cropped the Simpsons. Oh yeah, but I've it's- also heard they're fixing that. Yeah, they're going to be introducing a version that's uh, got the first twenty seasons and it's standard four three aspect ratio yeah which is good because um the cropping cuts out a bunch of visual gags in the show and there are a lot of visual gags yeah it's just it's weird because like you know tvs were four three for so long and now they're widescreen and so whenever they like release something older they're like okay well let's just update it for the new tvs but like i don't understand why they don't just put like the bars on the side and just put it in the way it was there there <laughs> is this belief that viewers do not want to see the black bars and that's why that's why when you got a why, vhs yeah, from blockbuster it was pan, pan and, and scanned scan, which is i don't dumb. think true yeah like i would much rather have the black bars than to screw with the aspect ratio right yeah me too <laughs> um so Obviously, Disney Plus was a huge success, has a lot of subscribers, um, has a lot of content, everyone loves it, but the biggest thing to come out of Disney Plus, besides what we're going to talk about later, is um, the Star Wars, original Star Wars films are on there. Um, in 4K HDR. In 4K HDR. I've heard that the 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 picture has been updated some. I, and I've heard, I need to go watch it. I've heard Battle of Endor is stunning. Yes. And um, they also put back the 20th Century Fox fanfare before the films. Hey, since they own it now. Uh, as a person who grew up with that, I am very happy about that. Um, I know a lot of people don't care, but... I did. Um, I don't care about the new movies, but the old ones, I, I like it there. Um, but um, right the first day, like the morning of Disney Plus, um, someone tweeted that in there has been another change to A New Hope uh, when Greedo shoots Han right before he yells McClunky. And I thought it was a joke until I actually went to Disney Plus and went and saw it. And he literally yells, McClunky, and then shoots Han. And I just kind of stared at the screen for a little while and thought, what the hell did I just watch? So, a little bit of background. This 4K restoration was in the works as part of the 3D re-release project George Lucas was working on. So... This change was another George Lucas change to this scene. Yeah, I, I, it, of course, people want to blame Disney for everything because they do nowadays, but no, this was a George thing. And of course, this was a George thing because it makes no freaking sense. And the best part is, is Greedo's lines are subtitles because he speaks, he's speaking Rodian. Everything he says is subtitled except for McClunky. So you have no idea what it means. People, I think, I've seen people tweet, like, vague ideas of what it means, like, like it's a threat or something. And uh, Apparently it's a Huttese threat. So freaking subtitles! <laughs> it, as it is, it's just there, and it's 
makes no sense, so, and I love it. Is is this? This has to be George just screwing with, with us, right? <laughs> yes. And I love that this didn't generate any anger or frustration. It was just throughout throughout fandom, just this laugh out loud moment. And like the 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 really remarkable thing about McClunky is that everyone was talking about McClunky until everyone stopped talking about McClunky in favor of the other Di- Star Wars thing on Disney Plus, which we will talk about later. <laughs> but isn't that isn't that great? Like you know, there's some executive at Lucasfilm and Disney who's going in and saying, "Okay, uh, what, what what are we seeing on our prestige format TV series?" McClunky. Everyone's talking about McClunky, sir. <laughs> what? McClunky. <laughs> what? <laughs> well. <laughs> They probably got a lot of views of A New Hope. (laughs) It's so dumb. We have the dumbest fandom. Oh, we have the. It's great. We have a new name. We have a new name possibility for our child. (laughs) McClunky. Oh, so good. So let's venture over to some uh, Disney Parks and Resorts news. Uh, The Skyliner is open, kinda. (laughs) So the Skyliner opened, and then it broke down. For like three hours. With people trapped on it. With people trapped on it. And then it took a while to reopen. And then it broke down again. But it opened up more quickly the time after that. If that um, thing breaks down in the middle of the day during the summer, people are going to die. I have voiced my opinions about the Skyliner many times. People have told me, it'll be fine. And I say, no, it's not going to be fine. Uh, I know people who've ridden it. They've enjoyed it. It's, you know, provides a nice view of Disney. They say there's nice, you know, breeze coming through and ventilation. And I say, I don't care because if that thing stops for at least just for a minute, I will have a panic attack and start to hyperventilate. That ventilation only works if the ro- if the Skyliner is moving. Right. Doesn't matter if the windows are open or not. You're gonna fry in there if it breaks down in the middle of the day during the summer. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not great. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, but they had like their one millionth ride, so I guess people are riding it. I guess. <laughs> uh, living with the land, the aquaponics tour at uh, Epcot is uh-huh. getting a holiday overlay. That's kind of neat. It is kind of neat, and I'm kind of bummed we're not going to be able to see it. Aww. I mean, we, is we, it open yet? Uh, it is, yeah. Oh, I mean, I we guess could we go. could go. I don't want to go next week, because that's Thanksgiving. What, you, you don't want to go on Thanksgiving Day? No, not really. No, no? no. Okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near Disney, anything part of Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I, I, I'll pass on that. Uh, yeah, so it's getting a holiday overlay. It looks really cute. They have Sandmen. <laughs> I wonder why they did that. <laughs> why not? I guess it's because cute. Epcot... The entirety of Epcot is under construction right now, so they decided that they needed to, like, do more stuff, I guess? I guess? I mean, (laughs) it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This one is up your alley. Oh, they are... Okay, I had not seen this. (laughs) Disney is testing drone, X-Wing drones to fly over Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Apparently. And there are pictures. Yeah, apparently. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is being reported by Blog Mickey. Uh, we have a pretty cool story to share with you today about upcoming plans to fly X-Wing drones over Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. According to sources and backed up by photos below, Disney is currently testing two SUV-sized <laughs> yeah. drones? Yeah, I thought it was like little tiny ones, you know? Like, what you- the? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this safe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it would be really awesome, but I don't know. <laughs> As we're told, these drones will likely just be used for the Rise of the Resistance media event and very likely not again. That's dumb. Aww. Don't get our hopes up. That's wow. Why would they? I feel. Why like, are they sinking so much money into this? I know they should keep it and do it all the time if they're going to sink all that money into making it work. 
Or just make smaller ones. Holy crap, look at the size of this thing. <laughs> Did you scroll down and see the picture of the technician standing by it? No. It I'm is the size of a car. Now. Just what the crap? Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh. that's yeah. That's yeah. Okay. I think they should make smaller ones. Yeah. <laughs> What the? <laughs> I... I've blown Brian's mind. <laughs> Brian looks so confused right now. I wish you all could see his face. <laughs> it doesn't look like Disney has FAA permission to fly large drones in a permanent manner. No, really? <laughs> you, you don't say. I mean, I'm sure they could get it. Uh, I, if anyone can get the FAA to bend on this one, it's probably Disney. Yeah. And I I seriously question if this really is only for a one-time thing. That is a lot of money and resources and tech to sink in for see, a media event. I could see them doing, like, smaller ones because they have the noises, and that would be really cool if you could just look up and see, like... Like, they don't have to make it be, like, a huge size, because if they fly it high enough, it'll look like, you know, it'll look true to life, so, but who knows. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. Yep. Let's right. move to the Star Wars corner. <laughs> yes. Uh, this happened a little while ago, but uh, Benioff and Weiss are no longer involved and attached to their series of films yeah we have not talked about this so um we should talk about it i'm gonna be honest i'm not heartbroken about this <laughs> who is i am kind of glad that the guys who thought confederacy was a good idea are not doing a star war yeah i i think everyone's reaction to this was oh no come back please. stop no come <laughs> back uh especially because like the report was the report was very, um, like, it, gracious toward them. Like, it didn't say, like, oh, you're fired or whatever. But, like, it it happened the same weekend that they were at some convention and there was a Twitter thread about their panel and it was just a train wreck. Oh, like, my God. Right. That thread. Yeah. Talking about how they just... They clearly have no idea how to... Right, like and write and produce and develop, and they basically had no knowledge of Game of Thrones beforehand, and they just kind of impressed George R. R. Martin because they had read fan theories and they they like pitched a theory that was correct, and he was impressed, and it was just like they it was really not they had it was literally it was the epitome of. White guys failing up. Meanwhile, everyone else has to prove themselves worthy of. And that's so frustrating. Yeah, so frustrating. So I'm not upset that these movies aren't going to be made. Um, and, you know, I heard I, the only thing I saw people upset was that they assumed that they would be making something in the Old Republic era and... People were upset that that's not going to happen now. And I'm just like, you know, if they really want to do Old Republic era stuff, they're going to do it regardless of mm -hmm. who the directors yeah. are. So don't worry. Attach someone better to the Old Republic. Yeah, please. God, that that thread. Yeah. That thread I was illuminating. I can't remember if we talked about Deborah Chow on our last episode, if that news had come out yet or I, not. I think it had. Okay. Well, it was just that whole thread was the epitome of like you know, okay, uh, these guys have, like, no credits to their names and get Game of Thrones, and Deborah Chow gets the Obi-Wan series, and people are like, who? I don't know who she is. What is she doing? And meanwhile, her resume is super impressive. <laughs> she, her t television resume is ridiculously impressive. Yeah. And and she did two episodes of The Mandalorian, so obviously her work ha impressed the right people, so they gave her a, sh a full show. Um, and, like, I've I've mentioned this before, but, you know, John Kasdan had, has, look at his credits on IMDb. They are literally nothing besides Solo. And 
people weren't like saying, oh, who's this guy? Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you get, you know, a female director or a director of color or a female director of color. And it's like you have they have to prove their entire worth. Yeah, not great. No. Not great. So, so long, Benny Off and Weiss. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 And <laughs> moving on to some happier news, uh, we've got a lot of Rise of Skywalker promo stuff. Yes. It's almost like the movie's almost here. <laughs> Gasp. <laughs> uh, so, there was Entertainment Weekly coverage. Um, they had, they have several covers um, kind of depicting the end of star wars they have prequel era cover and star ot cover and then the uh, sequel trilogy cover um and the sequel trilogy cover has everyone in their um um everyone in their rise of skywalker get up so that's cool um and then they have there's a cover story Several new images. Um, the there's a photo of um, the resistance people with Poe and Finn up and Rose up front. Poe is holding on to something above him because he has to look hot and sexy. <laughs> I'm not opposed to this. I mean, John also does, but it's just so funny because Poe's just like gripping something above his head and it's like all right we know what you're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm fine mm-hmm. with it um but yeah there's a lot more pictures there's ray with her lightsaber and the training remote finn and Jana, kylo looking kylo-ish uh allegiant general pride looking very angry about something and then um the trio um with the lightsaber lit up and it's very it's very unclear in this image who's actually holding the lightsaber because it's like in the middle of them (laughs) so it looks like poe might be holding it just from the angle um or maybe ray is holding it forward like it's really weird (laughs) that the whole forget the jacket i want that to be the friend the lightsaber of friendship, friendship. <laughs> i that would make kylo so pissed <laughs> yes um and there was a they they've they've been coming out with some new like um like tv spots um and one of them had a uh footage of ray jumping off what looks like a star destroyer into space to get to the falcon which is like hovering outside of the docking bay and in the one that they showed on twitter it's a it's square so you can't see like the side of what she's jumping to and then the widescreen version that was on youtube you can see that it's finn is on the ramp like kind of encouraging her and i was like (laughs) <laughs> she's jumping toward Finn because Finn is nice and her friend and she's jumping away from Kylo because he sucks. That is a whole ass mood right there. <laughs> like, yes, I will jump across space to get away from Kylo Ren as well. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. And then there was one picture that really drew a lot of people's attention, including you. Uh, and me, Poe flying the Falcon. Ah, that is a, that is a sexy picture. Right? Oh, see? Why are you doing this? Don't do that. Don't autoplay. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Bad autoplay. And I had my volume off, too. Bad autoplay. Yeah. But, um, yes, Poe is flying the x-wing or not the poe is flying the falcon of friendship (laughs) (laughs) because apparently everyone flies the falcon i don't think no finn hasn't flown the falcon no i don't think finn has the uh ability to fly the falcon though not a pilot no he he will he will shoot the falcon's guns uh but yes (laughs) it's a very funny picture poe has this shocked look on his face Chewie looks alarmed and finn is just in the background like Damn, my boyfriend's a good pilot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did also get a TV spot yesterday where we see Poe in an X-Wing. Yes. So he's still flying an X-Wing too. Yes. Excellent. I'm very glad. 
let him fly all Some things must happen. Because he can fly anything. He can fly anything. <laughs> Do you think Poe has been itching to fly the Falcon, like, as long as he's known Leia? Probably, yeah. But I, 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 we still don't know when Han lost the Falcon. True. So the Falcon might have been gone by the... Well, I can't remember. Was it in Bloodline or not? I think I he think, still had it in Bloodline. Okay. So I don't know if he... So he didn't join the Resistance until later. But he probably, like, grew up with stories I mean, of the Millennium at, Falcon. I mean, at the very so. least, the Falcon lands in Dakar, and he must be going to Leia like, Leia, can I fly it? Can I fly it, Leia? <laughs> Leia, can I fly it? No. <laughs> uh, I'm happy for you, Poe. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Yes. Uh, we got a novelization cover for uh, The Rise of Skywalker by Ray Carson. Yes. And it is a very... It's a very striking cover. It is the cover, I believe, that they debuted at D23. Yeah. So it's it's Rey and Kylo fighting on some piece of... Wreckage, wreckage. in the rain. Yes. Very, very cool. That will come out in March, as per usual. Um, Empire Magazine has coverage and um, footage. They've got a, uh interview with Colin Trevorrow <laughs> about... Um, what his contributions to the rise of skywalker awkward <laughs> yeah awkward but um they also revealed their their uh covers for empire so um they look very cool um and then there's character posters that starwars.com tweeted out that they're very sort of like they're very basic <laughs> like it's just the character in front of like a starfield <laughs> um but yeah, I I Lando's got a cane in his. I think that one looks really cool. Yeah, agreed. Um but yeah, Rose looks pissed off. Jana looks really cool. Um yeah. Excited. We're almost there. Yep. Excited. Almost there. Almost there. All right, should we talk about the Mandalorian? I'm sorry, what's the name of the show? I'm sorry, the Baby Yoda show. <laughs> the Baby Yoda show. Yes. And listeners, before you write into us saying that's not Baby Yoda, that is a baby of Yoda's species, we know, for the love of God, we know. <laughs> we but don't I care. I am not going to say a baby of Yoda's species every damn time we talk about this character. So no. it's Baby Yoda from here on out. It's Baby Yoda. Uh, people have also taken to calling him Yiddle uh, Yodel. Y yodel, Yodel, Yodito. Um, <laughs> Yodito, I like. Yodito is very cute. Yodel, Yoda. Soda. Soda. So yeah, whatever you prefer to call the asset, go for it. We are going to go with baby Yoda. Because we don't know what Yoda species is, and it's adorable. They're it adorable. It is adorable. They're, They're adorable. adorable. Um. So, so yes. yeah, some overall impressions of the show three chapters in. Yeah. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Uh, the first episode, I was kind of, this is fine. Um, the first episode was interesting, but rough. Yeah. This was uh, Dave Filoni's first live action directing, and it kind of felt like it at times. Like, yeah. How many travel montages does a 35-minute episode need? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, the, 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 the story itself was fine. Um, it's, it's very much an introductory episode. You know, you meet the Mandalorian. You meet Grief Karga, who's the head of the Bounty Hunter Guild. Mando gets the job. Mando teams up with the droid to f get the asset. And then you figure out you see the asset at the end of the episode. Um, I'm very glad that they didn't draw out that mystery yeah. so long because people were speculating on who it could have been. Um, no one speculated Baby Yoda. <laughs> 50 years old. We were all doing the math like, okay, who from the corner? Who could it be? <laughs> nope. Baby Yoda. Um, and like they, they did interviews with... Um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, where they said, where John said he asked them to please not make any merchandise of Baby Yoda, um, please keep it out of the marketing because they wanted it to be that surprise. 
Um, and I'm I'm glad they did because uh, it was definitely a surprise. I I will admit I rolled my eyes a lot at the end of the first episode, and I thought, oh great, we're going to get more Dave Filoni Force Rankery, which is the name of your. What cover band? That's the name of my Menudo cover band. <laughs> no, you Cleanings. Oh yeah, my Cleanings Clearwater Revival cover band. And like, before Dave Filoni fans yell at me, I don't have anything against Dave Filoni personally. He's a fine individual, and I do like a lot of his stuff that he makes for Star Wars. But he tends to get a little bit weird when it comes to the Force. Okay, not a little bit, a lot weird when it comes to the Force. And I'm, I know. He's protege of George, and so what he creates about the Force is more accurate. I just find it a little too off for my tastes, like the world between worlds. <laughs> and especially because, like, there'll be a show like Rebels, which you think is going to be about one thing, and then it gets way too into the Force for my taste. But anyway, that aside, I was like, oh, great. This is going to be a force show. Um, and so far, it has not been that at all. So I was incorrect. And I, sta- I stand corrected. Baby Yoda is the greatest thing to ever exist in all Star Wars. Um, so yeah, the I am I, enjoying the show a lot. I A lot more than I thought I would. It's, it's an interesting time frame. It's, the characters are interesting. And uh, especially the Mandalorian, which... I was not expecting to like him as much. So what about you? Same. Yeah. Same impressions? general, same general impressions. Um, there are moments throughout the first three chapters where you can feel like, okay, Dave and John definitely have their, their Mando and force wankery written all <laughs> over this. Um, but overall, it's a lot more compelling of a show than I was expecting it to be like this. Mandalorians are not my jam. No. It's very far down on the list of things that could possibly might be my jam. Mm-hmm. But I'm enjoying this a lot. And I think a lot of it has to do with how the titular Mandalorian is written. Like, yeah. he's the anti-Fet, which yeah. I think is why it works for me. Yeah, so, so let's go on to him. Because I was, I mean, I'm not a fan of Boba Fett. I've liked... I really liked Sabine in Rebels. I didn't mind the the Mando stuff in Rebels as much. I didn't I don't think I ever even ever watched those episodes of Clone Wars. Um but like it, it was and I never read the Clone Wars books by Karen Travis. So I I really have no connection to Mandalorians at all. Mm-hmm. Um I like Jango Fett. <laughs> uh not a fan of Boba, but whatever um so i was kind of just like all right lone bounty hunter fine um but i really like him like he's got a personality he's funny (laughs) um he's not perfect at his job he's willing to accept help um and after the third episode i'm like okay I will follow. I am ride or die for the Mandalorian because you did the right thing, sir. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's a kind of a subtle rejection of toxic masculinity, which I was not <laughs> expecting. Right, and because you you find out like there's this group of Mandalorians living underground in the the planet where they start out which can we find out the name of the planets, please? Can you just name yeah, them on screen? Please use the Rogue One title cards for that, please. <sighs> yeah. I, I'm I'm losing track of where yeah. we are. But so there was a, a a group of Mandalorians living underground there, and the Mandalorian himself is going there, and um, there's they they talk about the foundlings and how basically everything extra is going to go to them. There's implications that there's was a purge on Mandalore when the Empire came into power and they're basically kind of spread out everywhere and this group of mandalorians specifically don't even take off their helmets which leads to a lot more questions <laughs> um and he um the the reward for getting the asset was a 
container full of Beskar. Um, and Beskar is the armor that they use, the, or the material that they use to make their armor. And, you know, Warner Herzog is saying how it's it's good to get it back in the hands of a Mandalorian. So Sidebar. Freaking Warner Herzog. He's so good. He's so good. What timeline is this? So, like, you can, so in the third episode, he brings Baby Yoda back to Warner Herzog and turns him over. And I was very, very, very upset. Like, I was, I was close to turning off the episode. Like, I was literally crying. <laughs> and yes, I know a lot of that is what's happening right now in my body. Hormones! <laughs> but it was very upsetting. <laughs> they it was upsetting. They made baby Yoda so cute and he was little doing little crying faces and I was just like, how could you do this? How could you turn him over to mean old Warner Herzog? Um, but you could also understand how much best car this is it will help him repair his armor and also help his society that has gone underground um so so yeah it was um i i still not like super interested in mandalorians but like it's it's getting me more interested in what what has happened to them as a society uh especially at this time line because it's such an interesting you know time period and there there was a there was a um uh there was a mention in the last episode because the mandalorian was asked uh grief karga what they were going to do with the asset and he was like i don't know i didn't ask and he's like those guys worked for the empire and grief is like the empire doesn't exist anymore like if you have a problem with it go you know, go further into the core and talk to the New Republic, you know? And it that that sort of, like, very small amount of dialogue was very intriguing in, in setting the stage of, you know... Stay, state of the state galaxy. State of the galaxy, yeah. which I really like this point in the time frame, so... Yeah, really cool. Yeah. So, so far, we've, we've really just been introduced to the Mandalorian, not a bunch of other characters. Can we segue on that? Yep, we yep. can. <laughs> um, I do really, really, really like a lot of what this show does. Mm -hmm. Dave and John Wankery aside. <laughs> but I, there is a big problem with the gender disparity in this show. There is three chapters in, one woman speaking role. Yes. It's a very cool role. Yep, and, 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 and a role you wouldn't normally expect to have be, be assigned to a woman, the armor, the armor smith. You know, a lot of times in media, that sort of role would be definitely mm -hmm. given to a, a dude. Yeah, um, that's cool, but so it's cool. still only one, three still chapters only in. one, three chapters in. And another problem is, like, even just the background characters yep. are predominantly men. Right. And this brings up the uh, this brings up that Gina Davis thing where she went to studios and implore, implored them make half of your background characters women. Mm -hmm. yep. If this show could get to ten percent, that would be a big improvement. And please, if someone's making this argument, don't say, "Well, we don't." The Jawas, some of the Jawas are women, or the Mudhorn was a woman, or or was female. Or the blurg was female. Like that's that's just insulting. <laughs> that's that's not helpful. It's it's insulting. It's not helpful um, because every other character who has spoken is male, and, and that's what is that's that's what you come away with. Um, I did an article many 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 years ago before the sequels even started coming out where i counted the number of women who spoke in all of the star wars movies um and the pre the original trilogy was like two each uh phantom menace had more attack of the clones had more but it was still only like 10 maybe like like well under 10 let's frame it this way there are less women that talk in this show right yeah. now than in a new hope right and then episode three revenge of the sith Padme is literally the only woman who speaks in that movie. <laughs> like literally the only woman who speaks in that movie. And, and the Mandalorian is now is doing the same thing. And I get that this show is working at a very deliberate pace, but there are still easy things you can do right. to address that disparity. Yeah, and I mean like 
plot wise, you know, I guess, you know, he, the Mandalorian hasn't had a chance to come into contact with a lot of other characters, but the characters he has come in contact with so far have all been men. So you would hope that in the upcoming episodes, there's he's going to come up, come into contact with characters who are all women. And then we'll see how people re- react to that. <laughs> it's, you know, yes, it's, yes, it's a smaller cast. There's really only been the IG-11, um, the Ugnaught, and Grief, and then the two Imperials. Really, that's it. But there's no reason that that doctor couldn't have been a guy mm-hmm. <laughs> like or or, or or a woman there's no reason grief couldn't have been a woman there's no reason the, the ba- not or the droid couldn't have been a woman bartender in the first episode could have been a woman yeah, exactly like, there are there are easy ways to address this and yeah it's been missed every time and we know we're getting we know we're getting Gina Carano. We know we're getting Ming-Na Wen. We know that Natalia Tena is in it somewhere. So, you know, it's frustrating because the response when you make this criticism is just wait. And it's like, well, I don't want to just wait. <laughs> we, no, we've been just waiting forever. It's and been 42 years. And so far, this is actually regressive yeah, for what we've got. Especially with what we have in the sequel trilogy now, you know, and shows shows like Rebels. Like, you know, I will give Dave Filoni credit. You know, the gender equality in Rebels was very good, you know? And, I mean, we have to be honest, though, that John Favreau's track record, not the greatest (laughs) on this. So So. there is trepidation. Yep. So, yeah. So, no, it's, I'm not going to dislike a show just because there aren't enough women on it. I am going to criticize a show because if that wasn't a problem, I would have nothing bad to say about the show so far, really. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and just as a reminder, it is always okay to criticize something you like. Yeah. Yeah. So, step off. Mhm. <laughs> uh, so our se- uh where did we leave off before that I tangent? I don't remember. I think we were talking about we were talking about the plot and the setting and Mhm. Uh We can move on to the direction cuz we kind yeah. of Um I mean, I, I already mentioned that the first episode was rough on the direction and editing yeah i'm interested to see the second episode filoni directs to see if it improved at all um the second episode which was directed by rick fumiyawa was really good um it was very short but it was it was a very slow episode it was very focused on just yeah that episode was deliberate with intent it was the intent to be deliberate was yeah. there, yeah. and it was executed a lot better than the first episode. Yeah, and this last episode, episode three, um, Deborah Chowder did that one, and that was very good. Third chapter, far and away the best yeah. of what we've gotten so far, and Deborah Chow directed one of the best action sequences yeah. I've seen from any kind of Star Wars. Right, so in episode three, you know, he gives the baby Yoda over to Warner Herzog, which made me very upset. He gets his new armor. Um, talks to grief about, you know, what happened, gets another job, and then he goes back to his ship, and I was ready to write off the Mandalorian forever. He was bad. I didn't like him. Bad, bad, bad man. And then he gets up and goes back to get Baby Yoda. And I was like, yes! I love you. I love you, Mandalorian. (laughs) We are friends again. Uh, That whole sequence when he went in to get Baby Yoda was done so well. Um, Was very tense. Um, And, you know, obviously the Mandalorian is characterized as someone who's good, very good at his job, but he's not so good that he just goes in there and steamrolls everyone. Yeah. Um, And then at the end, he's surrounded by grief and some of the other bounty hunters and you think like this is it like there's nothing he can do and then all the mandalorians show up in their jetpacks which even as someone who's not a fan of mandalorians that was very cool and now i have to be a fan of mandalorians because they saved baby yoda (laughs) i i think my quote at the time when this when the fight was about to break out was 
oh crap, it's about to get all John Wick up in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I loved when uh, the Mandalorian was like, I need to get me one of those. <laughs> I was very surprised that he shot Grief. Uh, Grief kind of confronted him on, he got back to his ship and Grief confronted him there and he just shot him off the ship and left. Of course, Grief was protected from the blaster wound by a couple bricks of Beskar yeah, steel which I'm, I was glad because I didn't want him to die that quickly because yeah. <laughs> he's a interesting character but um so yeah now the Mandalorian is off that planet on the run from both the guild and the client mm -hmm. and he's got baby Yoda and I'm very intrigued to see where they go yeah. from here this third chapter though you can absolutely see why they gave Deborah Chow the entire run of the Kenobi series. Yeah. Because there was a lot of, like, introspection because... And, like, the Mandalorian is helmeted. Yeah. Like, you never see his face, and you still see the conflict yeah. in him as to what to do. I mean, credit to Pedro Pascal. Yeah. But also huge credit to Deborah Chow for just getting so much yeah. out, of, out of a tough character to convey things from yep. um and i'm gonna say if they're using disney plus as a launch bed for films deborah chow needs a star wars movie yeah yeah i i agree she was it was very very good i was very i'm very i'm just surprised at how much i'm enjoying the show and yeah i i will admit a lot of it is baby yoda <laughs> They are pulling at my heartstrings so much. I can't get over has, how freaking cute Baby Yoda is. Has anything weaponized nostalgia and cuteness in Star Wars quite like Baby Yoda? No. It's so... They're so cute. We don't know if Baby Yoda's male or female or neither or all, both, or something else. We, But Baby Yoda's just so cute. I love them so much. I the puppet this is getting high. <laughs> the puppeteers have done just an amazing job, right? Ringing out emotion from this uh, this little bundle of perfection. Yeah. Ah, uh, so so good. I I'm really I'm really really mad about it. <laughs> I'm really mad about it. I'm mad about how much they are. Like, making me like the show because of stupid Baby Yoda. And I really want to know what happens to Baby Yoda going forward. Like, a lot of people are like, where does Baby Yoda come from? Is Baby Yoda a clone of Yoda? Is Baby Yoda the child of Yoda and Yaddle? Is Baby Yoda something else? And I'm like, I don't care! I just want to know that Baby Yoda is safe and cared for. And if this show ends with just the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda going into hiding and were the Mandalorian meeting a nice partner and them raising Baby Yoda together, I'm fine with that. I, I agree. I agree entirely. <laughs> All right. So the next episode will be directed by Bryce Dallas Howard and ah. uh, features the introduction of Gina Carano's character. That will be good. Yes. Looking forward to that. Yes. Very uh, much looking forward to that. So the Mandalorian surprised both of us. Yes, it did. <laughs> Enjoying it so far, but get on it fixing the gender disparity, please. Yeah. Can I complain about Disney Plus not having the new season of Resistance? Because we have not been watching Resistance, mainly because of when it airs on TV. Also, and the web app sucks. The web app is terrible, so we just haven't like bothered to catch up. I'm sure we will, probably before Rise of Skywalker comes out. <laughs> uh, we'll catch up on the first part of the season, but like... Like, come on, just put it on Disney Plus. It would be so easy for everyone to catch up. And also, everyone's watching The Mandalorian. Put a little advertisement at the end of The Mandalorian for Resistance. Mm -hmm. Get more viewers. Yep. <sighs> All right. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. <laughs> I love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's the best. And we will be getting Baby Yoda merchandise soon. Uh, yes, we will. Praise Baby Yoda. All praise to Baby Yoda. All right, Nancy. <laughs> it's time for us to sign out. Oh, because we're going to have our own Baby Yoda. We are going to have our own Baby Yoda. <laughs> Listeners, thanks for uh, 
Thanks for sticking up, sticking with us this year. I know we've not recorded frequently. I know we've not recorded as much as we normally do or and as much as we both Nancy and I wanted to. It's been a it's been a great year, but also a busy really year. busy really stressful year. Yes. And Something unfortunately had to give, and it was the frequency and regularity that we podcasted with this year. But we we're hitting a new we're hitting a new mile marker, <laughs> and this is going to let we're going to be able to record more frequently, more regularly in 2020 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to pivot to a parenting podcast. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> no, we're not pivoting to a parenting podcast. I mean, we could talk about geek parenting. We can, we can talk about geek parenting. We'll probably a introduce a geek a parenting segment. segment. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is uh, it for us for 2019. Um, we'll be back for a little special with a couple guests to talk about Rise of Skywalker, but uh, no Mouse Droid or TSR for the rest of the year. Um, we'll be back in 2020. Thanks for sticking around with us. We hope you come back uh, when we're back from hiatus yes and uh just thank you all for listening and engaging with us for the last oh god how long we've been doing this seven years uh it will be eight Eight years years in in january January. (laughs) wow eight years yeah that's uh oh there's some retrospective stuff for you (laughs) um again thank you uh so we'll go ahead and sign out there. Uh, this episode of TSR has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Get in on the $1 level so you can join our Patreon-exclusive Slack channel uh, where you'll be able to see lots of pictures of our baby Yoda in the near future. Yes. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us with the handle. We handles. should have a new channel. We should have a new channel. Just Babby. That Just way Babby. people can listen to, <laughs> people can follow if they want. Yep. Uh, Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi Station, official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants, Nancy with an I. I'm Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. You can find our columns and news at TashiStation.net. Uh, don't forget, you can also subscribe to this show on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. And you can also find the Tashi Station master feed that contains all of our great podcasts. Uh, subscribe, leave a review if you like what you hear. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you after the rise of Skywalker and return with new episodes in 2020. So long, everyone. May the force be with you and me. TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team.